it's whiter than this. Well, so that's just uh, pretend, pretend tan you've got on there. <laughs> pretend tan. What a way to start the show. Everyone's learning that Dan's got fake tan. I think I like this impromptu start to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Broad Show. Um, we're just talking about tans and um, lighting. Pommy, yeah. good evening to you, mate. Good evening, yeah, and good evening from the new light that is in front of me. I, I went and bought a new light, and uh, this tan is light fake. So just don't be alarmed. I haven't gone to a solarium. I, 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 I'm being true. This is just slightly off tan, it's called, off tan. So I've got a natural glow. I'll be getting myself in the solly when winter hits, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see the outdoors. Uh, th this is my offset. In the summer, we'll use the soft tan, and the winter, we'll just use the white light. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, as I said, good evening to everybody. Sandra, apologies for being late. I, I do apologize. Uh, I promised to go a little bit overboard over over time tonight so we can get we can catch up on time. We've got a massive show tonight, Pommy. We need to talk about a few things. We need to talk about the AFLW, the review and the, the findings, which I didn't mention to you earlier today. <laughs> we right. need to talk about Zach Williams. We need to talk about his replacement, Oleg Markov, the fallout. We then have six players to review, preview tonight. And then, for those of you that were here last week, we have a game to play and we need to beat our score from last week. So, it's all happening. Mate, fun packed, adventure-filled show. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I have a feeling we're going to go through the whole range of emotions and uh, we're going to get serious at some points and then we're going to be have a bit of fun at others. I think no matter what happens by the end of the show, we're all going to be excited and counting down the day till we, you know, start our next flag tilt. It's 38 days away, mate. Mate, it's, mate I've had some relationships that are shorter than that, so it's not that long to wait. True. Uh, I want to start by thanking the members, of course, of the channel. Um, Got a new member today. Very big fan of the channel. I'm hoping that he's watching right now. His name is Chris Psoras. And I thought I'd just give him a special shout out because he's um, he's been running with an idea for a while now. He, he gives us ideas for videos here and there. He he wants to get something started. I, I might put this to the cheer squad. Uh, but he, you know, Crips being the bull that he is, he's got this idea that every time Crips gets the ball, we should be chanting, ole! You know, like uh, the ball going through uh, with the matador. So... We'll see if that sticks for the watch along, maybe. We, we can easily do that. One word. We can we, we can smash that out. Easy. Easy done. Consider it done. Consider it done, Chris. Um, yeah. No, obviously, thank you to everybody who tunes in, supports the channel. Um, if you are yet to subscribe, it costs nothing and it helps the channel tremendously. So if you are watching right now and you're not subscribed on YouTube, just hit that button and get into it. Um, Pommy, let's start with, what do we start with the AFLW? Uh, the review, the findings, um, you know, what happened. Basically, you know, obviously we did an external review. We, um, we, I don't know what we, what we did. Would we contract? We sought out uh, some external experts, some from the AFL in general, and the findings came down. And long story short, you know, standards were raised, standards were um, spoken about, the need for a, a full-time coach, obviously, uh, uh, Harford is no longer with the club. Munro no, no longer with the club. Um, 
really a lot of the things that we've been talking about for a while. And, you know, I'm not here to celebrate somebody getting sacked, but at the same time, you know, I'm here because talking about this because it was really dreadful watching them play, to be honest, the last season. I completely tuned out and I sort of told myself that until something resembles a team that is taking it seriously, I'm just not interested. And it's sad because I was really into it. Yeah, I've got to talk about the review because yep. I've been a big fan of Luke Sayers and I, I've backed him probably every time. Much to my DMs will show, I've probably backed him too much at times. But the opening bit of when they said, Harford, we'd like to thank, for, thank him for his undeniable commitment to the AFLW. And then you go about eight paragraphs down and they go, ah, oh, Full-time is definitely one of the things. And because of Harford's off-field things, he couldn't be committed to a full-time role. That blagged my head because I'm like, okay, well, is he committed or is he not committed? Yeah. Because for me, if the club said, right, we will quarter your salary, 30K a year, and you can be the full-time AFLW coach, I would quit my job tomorrow at a financial loss because I'm committed. I, I, I'd want to do that. Blagged my head. But I, I will say, I, I do find it bizarre the club didn't do this. Um, we've been very heavily critical. And I don't blame Harford 100%. Um, no. Probably 99.9%. There will be 0.1% laying elsewhere. But he had to go. But I question why the club did it at this time. Because at this stage now, we've lost numerous top quality players. The list management system hasn't been addressed and I want to put this to the fan base. Brad Lloyd in 2019, I believe it was, they redefined his role. So he encompassed the AFLW, was sold to the members as a way of making the men and the women equal because they have the same football manager. How is Brad Lloyd avoiding every sacking? Like, this, this guy is amazing. Like, I want his, I, I want him to be my boss. Like, literally, it teach me a thing or two. But th there's the question there. And they have mentioned now that, obviously, our hero, our Geelong hero, Cook, is now going to oversee the AFLW to help it on its way. does worry me because I agree with you. I don't think, and I mean this with love, I don't think the AFLW system has been taken seriously. Hmm. Seriously. And I know Debbie's saying he's under contract. That's bollocks. It's a media contract. It's a media contract. The Carlton Football Club are one of the richest football sporting clubs in the world, right? It, it, per capita. You're telling me no one could have rang RSN and said, tell you what, here's half a million. Give us him. It is Carlton Football Club, after all. We are famous for doing that. So I don't believe it. They wanted to sack him. They, they worded it, in my opinion, the worst sacking I've ever seen because it was really divvery. And they should have hit to the point. And the facts are, love half, hate half, simply ain't good enough. He's out of his depth, as was David Teague, as was Brendan Bolton. Just tell the truth. Half didn't care. He was straight on the blower, taking the piss out of the club. Yeah, that's that was the the, the parting gift as well. Um, it's almost like he knew he knew that it wasn't being taken. Uh, excuse the pun, but half serious. Um, he knew that that was, he, he seemed to know that that was a situation. Um, look, at the end of the day, 
we'd probably be sitting here complaining if the if the women's team were doing well and the men's team were still underperforming. So either way, we're going to probably find a way to be critical of of something. But yeah, just the the depths in which the AFL program represented the footy club really disappointing. So okay, we've done this now. The reviews happened. We've made the sackings. We've We've, uh, you know, given ourselves a nice reason to to let some people go and, you know, we can obviously blame the external, external experts now for it. Whatever. Let's just move on. Get it right. Do what needs to be done. Get it right. And like, I really want to enjoy it. I do. I really want to enjoy it. And I think for the the kids out there, the young girls out there that want to play football, like you, they need heroes and they had them and they lost them to other clubs. So um whatever it's just i just don't want it to be a representation of the club in a negative way and i think it I got think that's too the far big gone. thing you've hit and that's the c word and this is why i implore everyone to back the women's team because you look at soccer man united chelsea man city have invested massive money into their women man united have come from nowhere recently leading the women's premier league and the reason man united gave when a lot of the idiots come out and go, oh, it's women's football. Why are we paying for them? Is when you wear our badge, you represent 200 years of history. So mm. it has to be done right because we don't do things by halves. We're Man United. Same with Carlton. We want a culture that transcends under-19s, women, men, where you come here and you win football matches. So I agree with you. We've got to get behind it and be proud of it. Be proud of it. And... I'd love to see some women on that coaching panel. Carlton are one of the few clubs that don't have a women. We've seen Sandra mention Bree Davey. There's a, a very talented woman out there called Daisy Pierce, who is messing about with the with the Geelong team. Wouldn't it be great to get a woman on board, teach the culture from that? And she mm. is a Carlton fan, I believe, is my favourite, Daisy Pierce. So really? I would love Daisy at the football club. Yeah. Now, look, not much more to be said other than, you know, it's done, get it right, and 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 stop, really, stop having the AFLW program be such a poor representation of the club. Let's just get serious about it, um, you know, and we can move on and we'll see what happens. I'm not, I don't have too much faith in it yet. I'm not ready to jump back on board yet, but I guess this was something that needed to happen. We all knew it needed to happen. It wasn't rocket science. <laughs> uh, the right that if you, ever there was writing on the wall, oh, I thought there was writing God. on the wall for about two years. So here we are. We're there now. Move on. Hopefully, we get someone new in, fresh ideas. That would be grouse. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a Daisy Pierce, but definitely if Luke Sayers is watching this, which I know he does, I know that we're his favorite show. Um, get me some girls there to teach the pride and get some females in there. That's what I want to see. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We were given some unfortunate news over the weekend. Unfortunately, Zach Williams ruptured his ACL. He's out for the season. Um, the reactions have come. They've gone. They're probably still going. Probably was a, a trickle of events. I think it was a weekend and a, a few days where you just turn Twitter off. You, you swipe out of Twitter. Uh, I think today was one of those uh, anti-social media days as well for the Carlton fraternity because it just sparked all sorts of things. But yeah, look, first and foremost, for Zach, I mean, it's just, it's crippling. <laughs> it's bloody crippling. And, um, you know, he needs support more than anything right now. And uh, I'm sure he's getting that from the club. 
Um, the boys obviously have to get out, get on with it. Next man up. All of that is very valid. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, you know, you know, we, we, we need to always try and remember that they're human beings. Yes, there's salary cap implications. Yes, there's investment and X amount of the salary cap and highly paid and highly invested and, you know, hasn't really performed to the level that we want him to yet. Yes, all of that is true. And we can discuss that now is just not that time. Um, you know, I, I just think Zach... Yeah, it's a tough one to, to swallow, but obviously um, we have to get on with it. That's the nature of the beast. It's a big kick in the in between the legs, isn't it, really? Yeah. But I mean, I, I want to preface what we say when we get to a structural thing uh, about yeah. what happens with the football club. Zach Williams, you've got to put it as a, as, a, as a young man having a kid, that is a huge mental task. And I'm not downplaying what women do. I'm just talking from a man's side. It is a massive culture shock to you. It's a massive culture shock. The things you feel, I've gone through it with all my kids as well. It's a real sense of change, belonging, and you question a lot of things about your life. Um, so I'd imagine that was stressful. Zach Williams went through a personal program, different training program. By all reports and everyone I've spoke to inside and outside of the club, he, he was taking the piss with how fit he was. Um, I was told that basically from the reports, it was a routine thing he did. He, he fell the moved the wrong way. It went, but it was a repeatable action he's done a thousand times. And you've got to remember as well, he's got a close relationship with Finlayson as well. And um, he's been helping Finlayson and we send all of our love from Blue Abroad and the Camp community to Finlayson. God knows what he is going through. I can't even imagine what he's going through. And to be your best mate as well, you, you bear the brunt of that as well. So God, I imagine his mental state is the worst mental state you can possibly be in at all. I can't imagine what Zach is feeling. So Godspeed to him. But I don't want to risk saying what Voss says next man up. But it opens a door. And I want to just remind you all, this time last year, we were talking about our best 22. A young lad called Lewis Young was on our list. And most people were saying, seen him at the doggies, he's shit. Doggies got rid of him, he's rubbish. He's not it. It's Oscar McDonald. Oscar McDonald went down about this time. And um, he had them little niggles. He made round one. Then we didn't see him. And then Lewis Young came in. And rest is history. Lewis Young was probably one of our best defenders for large parts. This just opens the door to someone to basically make it hard for Zach. Make it hard for Zach Williams to come in. Am I worried? Not really. Do you know what I mean? Because he played nine games, if I'm going to be harsh. Nine games, six of them wins. It's not the hardest position to play in world football either. Do you know what I mean? These are the two positions we talk about a lot from draftees doing it round one. So, But that being said, Zach Williams, can't wait to see you back out. Mercurial talent. What a footballer. But yeah, these things happen. And if you're a count, come on. If you're upset about an injury and you're a count and fan now, I question why. You should be used to this. Should be used to it. We are used to it. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think in my head, you know, to win a flag, you know, everything's got to go right. And so when you get these big batches of news, like Walsh, I wouldn't put in the same category because I know that we're going to see Walsh this year at some point. I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to impact. It's just, you know, you already go into a season. We're 38 days away and we know we're not going to have Zach Williams. However, we're 38 days away from a season and this has happened. So we've got 38 days to prepare the next person as opposed to, you know, we're flying. We could, let's just say this time last year, or, you know, after 10 rounds, we're eight and two. And then let's just say something happens then. 
you can't do much during the season. You just got to plug a hole and hope for the best. So at least now the game plan, everyone can get on the same page about what needs to happen. Um, you know, we lose a guy who is a dasher. He's a guy that generates ball forward. We have plenty of them, but I don't think we have them of the ilk of Zach Williams. How, having said that, let's be practical about it. What's the What are the options moving forward? Well, we know Lockie Cowan, you know, I don't want to put pressure on him, but opportunity. These are the opportunities that these young players end up coming in for. Uh, Brody Kemp, is that an option? I don't know. You know, Marchbank, if he can stay fit and healthy now, his spot is just, it's just right there. McGovern's in the same ilk. Uh, today, reports were were made that Oleg Markov is all but set to be signed by us, which is not a bad, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's the best of the rest of what's available after. Obviously, you go into a season planning for Zach Williams. However, shit happens. Life happens. Injuries happen. So it's happened. So you just got to move on to the next solution. And I, I actually think someone like Oleg Markov, with the experience that he's got uh, playing in, in Richmond during their, their premiership runs, he's a handy player. He was a handy player for Gold Coast. I'm not exactly sure why they let go of him, if I'm honest. But I, I always watched him last year and thought he was a really handy player. And, you know, he's a senior guy on a list who's been in the system for a while and knows his way around and he's a professional. So if that's the way we go, I'm excited. Well, I mean, there's a couple of points I want to cover. First, I don't want to hear anyone go on Twitter. I know a good mate of mine made a joke about it. Where's Stocker, right? But if you're, if you've got to look at what you're replacing. Zach Williams, best 22, very evasive, good user of the football, penetrating kick. That, honestly, that is like comparing Rosie O'Donnell with Taylor Swift, if you're comparing him with that. It's, it, 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 we're talking different types different different everything so stalker forget about it i don't want to hear about it at all ban yourself remove him from your comments right then who are you going to bring so you've got to think first 22 williams if i'm nick austin if it was someone else but he is best 22 which means now i've got to play whoever his backup is let's say it was nick newman right let's say it's nick newman because that's the likeliest thing right now I've got to find a backup for Nick Newman. So suddenly he becomes Williams. Now, Sincott has been mentioned quite a bit. Would love that if the injury was Boyd. If the injury was Boyd, it was probably third in that rank. Okay, cool. You've got two guys ahead of him. Sincotter has been missed in a few drafts. AFL clubs don't make mistakes, especially with undraftees that frequently. He would be a guy you bring in, keep on the list in VFL, reward him with a senior contract. Then he makes it round 12, round 14 after a lot, a lot of work. Would you want him playing round one? No, you wouldn't because the first question is, can he play AFL football? You don't know. Same with Tyrese Lau. Love him. Big risk. Oleg Markov, he is, he's been delisted by two clubs. He's had his fair share of injuries. However, he is quick, he is evasive, and he is rated as an elite kick of the football. Who can intercept? And he's got a great moustache. He is a no-brainer if you're Nick Austin, an absolute no-brainer, because you are like round one if he has to play. Is he an all-star? Probably not. But he can play. He can play. There is no questions. He is, at worst, manageable at AFL level, there is no questions, which then 
allows you, should Boyd be long-term injury or should someone go on that LTI, you should be fine. But it does look by reports. I can see Manny's in there. It looks like Mark Markov has turned his back on the Collingwood deal and has gone to us, especially in Cripper's comments just before he went off air. Cripper kind of alluded. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Cripper kind of alluded. It was Oleg, but then quickly dropped in the, oh, but it's up to the list management crew. But it sucks. And it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It makes sense. Yeah. I think the optimist in me says, all right, as I said earlier, the opportunity comes for the next person, young fella, could be a cow and who knows, right? The other side of me, and this is where I'm just mindful, is that between McGovern and Marchbank, bless them both, love them both. Can I really go into a season confident that they're going to play regular football? Not yet. I'm hopeful. It just means I've got more of a reliance on the two of them being fit and healthy all season. And if they are, not an issue at all. Not an issue at all. Mate, spot on. And Ollie nails it there. Crisis creates opportunity. This is a ruthless industry, a real cutthroat industry. So if you're Lockie Cowan, you're Oleg Markov, your priority right now should be retiring Zach Williams. That should mm. be your priority. You should be right. You know what? Lockie may have been thinking, maybe by the by, I can break into this side, be there about. Suddenly now his mindset is round one. Am I ready? And when I am going to get that opportunity, I'll take it. Oleg probably was thinking, shit, I'm probably going to be in Bali for most of March. Now I'm on an AFL list. Third crack. How many opportunities does Oleg want to become an AFL footballer? This is mm. his last opportunity because you won't get delisted three times. So for me, it's a huge opportunity. And isn't it nice for me, as good as Cowan is, and I assure you Cowan could play round one and be very good. There is no doubt in my mind. For me, the pick of our draftees by a long way, by a long way, some guy that I will guarantee will play a lot of games for this football club. I will just say this about him, gives him that break. Suddenly, Lockie doesn't have to be forced to play. He can right. earn the route. And if he beats Oleg from now till round one, what a W. What a W. Because we know he's good enough then. But it just means that we can nurse him through. And especially if he does start, let's just say Cohen does beat him. He has a few issues round four or five. We can piss him off to the VFL. Oleg plays for a couple of weeks so he can work on his craft. It's a real exciting time. So I like it. If it does go through, I think it's genius. It's probably the best acquisition this football club has picked up in about five years because we haven't taken the piss with an LTI. Usually it's Callum Moore who's doing nipple shots two days later. This is an actual footballer. (laughs) It's a good point. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but... You know, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about the group at all. I've got a lot of faith in this group. A lot of faith in this group. They've withstood adversity before. They did a pretty good job last year, notwithstanding what happened towards the end. But yeah, I think I think they'll be okay. So did, um, did anyone else remember that as well when I brought that up? When do you remember when Callum Moore did sign that contract and that night he was at a wedding doing nipple shots on Insta? Never forget the most cow and thing. I have ever seen at that time. <laughs> oh, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Oh, like if you watch you, mate, when you do get the contract, please just go off socials for two weeks. Just make me think you're training. Just yeah. 
Was he a premiership player? Did he play in any um, of the premierships? He, in the two years he was there that they won a flag, he played nearly, he played most games up to round 23. He didn't play in the final series in 17. And he played a handful of games in the 19 era due to, I hate to say it, injury. But um, he, he he was very highly regarded by Richmond, just never quite got going. Um, Gold Coast, I, I was surprised at Gold Coast, but I understand where Gold Coast are. And by a lot of reports from my scouts in Queensland, he never quite settled to Queensland lifestyle. So it was maybe right. a mutual decision is what I'm told from my Gold Coast spies. Okay, interesting. Well, let's start with the player previews for tonight. So we're going to start with number 25. I'm going to start us off with this one. I'm going to absolutely enjoy myself here. Zach Fisher, number 25. We sat here previewing, previewing him last year, Pommy, and um, I was absolutely slated for giving him too much love. And I thought he had, well, no, 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 I thought he did. He had the best season of his career. He averaged, uh, he was averaged elite in disposals um, at 19, just a tick under, elite in kicks, handballs. He, he really, he really elevated himself. Forget about the numbers for a moment, just, just overall high level. He really elevated himself and took the step that we wanted and needed him to make last year. He was a bit, he was a lot more tougher. He kicked goals. He kicked crucial goals. Um, round one last year, we all remember that. Uh, the Sydney game, he, he had some really, really clever moments and uh, and he played all 22 games as well. Uh, and that's a really big deal for him because he was coming off two consecutive seasons of having a, a big chunk of the season ripped away from him due to injury. So uh, yeah, Ethan, good call. The barometer last year, he was certainly one of those players where when he played well, we played well. Um, and I think, I don't know, like... I, I, I still think he can go up another level. I really do. I think he's got some some more to give. You know, kicked 18 goals last season. If he creeps into the 20s this year, having, you know, 20 touches a game, playing that half forward role, pinch hitting in the midfield when we need him because he's very clever. He's um he's definitely been in the system long enough now to get his body to a point where he can he can cope with the physicality. So I I, I love fish. I'm a big Fisher fan. Um also shout out to his lovely partner, Bella. She is the goat of the wags at Carlton, and I will die on this hill. So uh, shout out to you, Bella. Well, I mean, I, I remember the show. It was very similar to this show as well because we had 25 and 30, and we both made bold calls, one about your boy Fisher, which you were proven right. He he did really have a good year, and one of the free players to play every game, as well, it might add, so he was durable, which is very important at this football club. And I fell in love with Charlie Kernow. And I do remember people saying trade bait. Both of them will never play again. Won't be on the list 2024. So both of our boys going well. What I liked about Zach is I think you saw a man who had a coach that loved him, that had faith. Mm. You remember the year before David T came out and said he's not a midfielder, he's a forward. Um, credit to him. He's going to learn to be a forward. You saw ever since then, he kind of was going through the motions, wasn't he? And the thing about Zach is he plays with a smile on his face. He, he looks like he's having a bit of fun out there. He does them weird handshakes with Cripper and stuff, and that's his quirky personality. You saw last year he had that fun again. And then towards the end of the year when we got injuries, started to go on the midfield, and boy, did he make a few ex-coaches look ridiculous, particularly that round 15 and round 18 game against Geelong, the best midfield in the comp, statistically, racking up 27 touches and 
kind of starting to show he's not scared of taking the game on. Definitely some guy now that this year for me, it's adding that consistency. I want to see that Geelong game, not one, two games a year. I want to see seven, nine games a year. If he can find that, he goes from me to being a solid squad player to maybe in that second tier, do you know what I mean, and really adding it. If he can have them goals and add that point of difference, I think it's huge. And he's definitely going to be that guy you're looking for in that rotation in the midfield. Great year. I reckon there's more ahead. The one thing about him I always felt, and it was it's the core reason why I was have so much faith in him, is that when he plays and when he's healthy, he's he's 100% in the 22. I don't look at Zach as being in our top five, you know, most elite players. I don't think he needs to be. Um, but I think he's, he's he's got a he's got a real confidence about himself, which I love. Um, but he's still very humble. I kind of want him to be a little bit more confident than what he is humble and really start announcing himself to the rest of the competition. Because I don't, I just think we all know how nif- how nimble he can be. Um, the big thing last year was that elevation in physicality and the elevation in taking his moments, kicking goals. He kicked two goals in five, uh, he kicked multiple goals on five occasions last season. And like I said, if we can get 18 goals to become even 25 goals, just a, a, a little bit more of an uptick, it's, it's going to be massive for us. And I, I believe he can do it. One of the big things no one talks about as well is in the third quarter part of the year, round 12 to 18, he averaged 5.8 marks, right? And most of them were uncontested. And that was a big thing for Carlton, getting the spread. And we started to see Zach Williams working credit. I mean, Zach Fisher work incredibly hard up the ground to help his midfield out, which was the outlet ball. And that was something that died off after the 8-2 and two start. He was the one who single-handedly tried to bring that back. And that is an understated role, how hard Zach Fisher works without any real reward. No one talks about that. And that's something that Zach Fisher doesn't really do. And it shows how hard he was working for his team. So I'm with you. I think... He adds a bit of goals, tries to get that consistency level. Just get that consistency. I don't want him to average 30, but just try and get a plateau so we know what we're getting. I think he's a real handy footballer. And I think, again, you're seeing a player that is performing because of the love of his coach. The coach has shown him faith. Zach has been open. He's a midfielder. Voss released him on the midfield. And you know what? He never looked back. And this is a big year now for him because he's proved he can do it. Let's go up a gear, Zach. Go up a gear now. Go into that next echelon. And he's going to be a handy footballer for the football club. All Australian 2023. Oh, dear. Here it is. I had to. I had to. Fuck it. (laughs) Mate, he's got the game, hasn't he? Let's be honest. All Australian. I I think he could. No joke to him. He can play that Whitfield-type role. Do you know what I mean? He was half a midfielder, half a forward. I've got no reason. And I would say Zach Fisher has the easiest job at Carlton Football Club, along with whoever is not the first four inside midfielders. Who's getting that 20% time could win us football games. So I think yeah. Fisher could be that guy. I reckon for fifth change in the on the ball rotation when they're tired. You saw it against Geelong. When Geelong started to tire, he took the piss. I, he could be. He could be. And he's got a midfield. Look at the midfield he's playing with. Hewitt, Cripps. I could play in that midfield and look tasty. Do you know what I mean? So he's got it all for him and he's got the box of tricks. Keep the fun there. 
work hard. And I, I like Zach Fisher. You've made me a believer, Terry. Love it. I love it. All right. Ugo with the $80. Very generous as always. Thank you very much, mate. He says he's enjoying the show. Appreciate that. We love you, Ugo. Next up, Lockie Cowan. <laughs> Tell you what, I might need to do the tier, the tier video again, the tier maker video, because I had Lockie Cowan in the fifth tier. Absolutely lombasted, my boy. <laughs> can't believe the disrespect. You can't get him all right, and I did not get this one right. But more importantly, he's going to become a he's going to become a bit more of a factor. We just spoke about him. You mentioned you mentioned about the opportunity that arises. Boom! Here it is. Welcome to the AFL, young man. Um, Pommy, I know nothing about Lockie Cowan, so I'll let you take this one. Well, I mean, I've been hot on this guy for way too long, haven't I? Let's be honest. And um, probably the happiest I've ever been when Cowan have taken out a draft pick. I didn't expect it, but you, you're talking about a guy that if you play fantasy sport, was the second behind Will Ashcroft in points scored, which really? is incredible. You're incredible. Wow. You're talking here about the real deal footballer. You're looking at Cade Simpson today. That's what you're looking for. A player like Cade Simpson came through the draft now. That's what he's got. He's he's tall. He's hard. Booming kick. Biggest kick at the club by a long way. Lots of penetration. Tacks it hard. He's a little fierce mongrel as well. You like Stocker. This guy ain't scared of getting his physicality out and hurting people. He is a danger. And again, Counting have benefited... Because the Victorian bias in AFL ignores Tasmania. And this guy here, in my opinion, I'll stand by it, top 10 in the draft. Top 10 on talent. He, This kid balls. This kid balls. Can't wait to see him play. Interesting. Well, the, the thing that hasn't really been highlighted enough is the fact that he was the captain of his state team. So he comes with experience in leadership role which is really exciting for someone who you know you're going to be putting him if he's going to play in the ones you know it's going to be you know just go out there and enjoy yourself young fella play your role we're not expecting too much of you uh play an honest game and and then play to your strengths and you know we'll cover for you that that sort of thing so yeah he he, he could potentially be a real surprise packet for us john's nailed it the world is his oyster it's the truth but i as, as mindful as I am to put too much pressure on any draftee coming through, there is definitely something about this one. When you when you look at him training, you just look at him. As as skill sets go, you look at Carlton's skill set, you'd say that in an ideal world, one of March Bank and McGovern would play. In an ideal yeah. world. And I think long-term, that probably is the strategy. Do you know what I mean? From the starting perspective. Then you look at Saad and his line-breaking speed. Do you know what I mean? His line-breaking speed. And then you look at Zach Williams, his ball playing, his ball playing ability. Sam Doherty, same thing. When you look at Lockie, when you look at Lockie, he has got a point of difference. Long booming kick. He's incredibly direct and he isn't scared to take people on. But his advantage is also his ability to, to defend as well. He's a very good defender. And if you've watched him, and there's a lot of comments I've seen around him from the media and I suspect they haven't seen him play and they've just gone on recycled. I've seen a lot of Lockie. I, I am in love with Lockie. He's got everything for AFL. A everything that is AFL ready. Bit of time 
bit of time. He needs, needs a bit of work. He's not the finished article. But do you know what I mean? Always ran very highly in, in, in the 20K time trial. Do you know what I mean? Very solid there. Very quick line-breaking speed as well. This is the modern-day halfback. The modern-day halfback factor. Halfback flank. This is what the wins flags. Wins flags these type of players. They're all coming like this. And this kid here will be disgusted he went as late as he went because he's better than what his draft ranking is. Far better. Far better. And every junior I've heard who's played against him have all named him as the worst opposition to be matched up on because he's he's a horrible, horrible opposition to go against. So for me, this is where he'll be happy Williams has gone because he wouldn't be replacing your toes. He would be replacing your ball-playing defender. So that's not Plowman, that's not Kemp, that's not McGovern, that's not Marchbank. This is where he wants to play across that halfback line. Yeah. No, well said. I look forward to seeing what he's going to do. I Go on, Lockie. I'd love him round one, mate. I'd love him. Speaking of someone we need to give some love to, Mr. Pitternet. I've been looking forward to this. Number 27. I'm, I'm actually curious. Who of you in the audience are a believer in Mark Pitternet? Type in yes or no. I I feel like, I feel like he's so unfairly critiqued. It's unbelievable to me. I think he is, I think he's a really solid player for us. Not a superstar, but like a real a, a real true warrior. Um, obviously, the last three games that he came back to play, he, or, or yeah, round 20, he played against the Crows. He missed round 21. Then he came back for 22 and 23. We knew the situation. He'd come off a PCL, a really bad injury. Um, you know, played the first five games, played really well. What was he, Pommy? Top five in the comp for hitouts to advantage or top in the comp for hitouts to yeah. advantage, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's a tough, tough guy and he creates so much space for our midfield to do what they do at stoppages. And I think he, together with Weedering, were part of the core reason why we fell off a bit because of what they do to us structurally in in at stoppages and in defense, respectively. Him versus TDK, and I'll never argue about opinions, but this one I will argue, it isn't even close when fit who is the number one Ruckman. It isn't close. It's like comparing Charlie Kerno with Levi Casbolt when you compare TDK with Pitternet. You are talking Jets, superstar. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants him versus, do you know what I mean, someone that could have been good. And that is how quick. And you've got to look, right? The obsession with TDK is when we recruited him, our midfield was one-dimensional. It was slower than an old folks' home fucking AFL side. That's how slow it was. So you wanted an athletic Ruckman. Now, 2023... How many agile superstars do you want in that midfield? We just need someone to win the tap, stay there and clear house. It's why Jesus looked so good in the rook. Because even though he didn't win the taps, he stayed there and made it hard for you to get to the ball, which allowed the midfield to do it. So for me, Pitternet is numero uno. He's proven his worth. You don't get them stats, top five in taps, top five in hitouts to advantage for a reason. You, that there. Pitternet would make all the 18 sides in the AFLs starting 22, bar someone like probably Melbourne because they've got two of the best. You know what I mean? TDK's place in this side is to be his accessory. 30% tap work, 
roam around the ground, be his legs, because that's what Pettinette has. But Pettinette, tell you what, he's a tough bastard. I guarantee now Crips would rather have Pettinette next to him than TDK, because he gets there and just literally, you watch him, it's the work he does off the ball. The amount of times he flings someone out of the contest, allowing Walsh to take that right. loose ball. That is what is hard. That is the hard bit of the Rookcraft. And that is why he's so, so important. So important. Yeah. Can't, can't got, love Pitten out enough. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I've grown to love him. I didn't know much about him when he first got to the club. But uh, last year, I think I think the moment, or the, there's a few key moments that certain players have which really endear you. For me, it was in the preseason game against the D's where he really took it to Max Gorn. And I thought, oh, all right, it's preseason. Let's not get too excited. But then he did it again in the season. Um, Early on, the way he gets in opponents' faces, we we have been crying out for a player like that for a while, and it's all, it's also why we loved Liam Stocker so much. Let's be honest, because he got in the face of opponents, he threw his weight around, he bumped fairly, uh, he was a hard guy, and I just think Pitto does that, and he does a really good job in the ruck. Um, there are elements to his game which clearly he needs to work on, and, and you know would love for him to get better at. Would love to see him be more of a factor if he rests forward. He didn't kick a goal last year, kicked five goals the year before. Would love to see him hit the scoreboard, obviously, a bit more. That would be a big a big part that would help us this season. Um, you know, mark the ball a little bit more around the ground. But, you know, he's he, he, he really does play a role and he clears. I just love it. It's really the stoppage work. What he does around stoppages to create space, there's no numbers and there's no stats for it. And I just think, I hope this year there's a little bit more appreciation for him. When you look at Voss's premium midfield, the midfielders that he really goes to when shit hits the fan, he loves playing that on-ball combo of Hewitt, Cripps, right? And then the Ruckman, who are at the fall of the ball. And then he likes to play Walsh, and Walsh is that outlet factor. When you have Pittenet there, you see how Cow and change, particularly Richmond, go and watch the fourth quarter. Suddenly, Richmond aren't handling Cripps and Hewitt, who were taking the piss themselves. Suddenly, Pernet's there. He's getting in the way of, of Prestia to try and get his head down. Suddenly, he hits Pernet. Cripper gets through an open plane. That is why he's so big. In my honest opinion, and this is going to break people's hearts, if you told me what is harder to replace from covering the draft like I do, you can find a 1,000 TDKs. There is at least three or four in every draft, all varying levels of development required but this year, three of them have been drafted, carbon copies of TDK. TDK is exciting to us because we were one of the first to get him. But now all of them are that prototype. The hard one is a guy like him who does the old stuff, the hard stuff. That's why Darcy's so valuable, so valuable to Fremantle. And he will be someone to look at. But I would say you'd rather have a fit Pettinette than a fit TDK. And the only argument you could make is the versatility. But for what it does to winning football matches... You can get three or four people to do TDK's job. It's a bit of a ball ache, but you can do it. Pitternet is hard, 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 and it frees people up. Cripper looks better. Hewitt looks better. Walsh looks better. Everyone looks better. And then TDK can do what most people do, come in in them stints when players get hard. You saw it against Doggies. TDK did that wonderfully. As they started to tire, you don't want TDK jumping nine foot in the air. You can't be arsed with that. So for me, right. Pitnet is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And he gets the hate Plowman does. But he is massively more important than anyone else. 
And yeah, if Geelong are willing to pay a first and 700k, there should be no Carlton fan that cares about this football club who turns that down. Because I'll tell you what, you can convert a first and 700k off the books and find another one mm. quite quickly. I think also it creates a really dynamic option for us when you've got Pito because there's, so, there's such a contrast, the two of them, him and, and TDK. I think TDK, I think maybe from this year onwards, maybe next year, he's going to start to really add that physicality aspect to his game because he's really, he's clearly growing into that body now and he, he's really, he's really grown and it's impressive from Tom. Um, Tom's obviously got that athletic ability as well. And then when I think about the idea of Pito just, you know, crashing and bashing all game long and then those stints that Tom has, I think Tom's going to be a lot better placed this season than what he was last season because last year was really the first time that we got to see him play consistently. So I, I hope they stick together. I'm, I'm a little bit more warm to the idea now than what I used to be of the two of them playing. I like the idea of it now, only if we can get something on return on the scoreboard because it hurts us but, if we can't. Mate, spot on. And I think... I think what Pernet does is allow us to increase them outputs. I think TDK last year, what, what happened last year for TDK in reference to him was great Pernet getting injured because he really worked that ruck craft. He had to do the heavy loading. In an ideal world, he does half the ruck, out, ruck hit outs that he does. And to answer like Andrew's thing, he gets beaten by Gold Coast Suns. you got to remember, people think he gets beaten, but Jared Witts conceded more hit outs 56, and that was against Pitternet. Pitternet destroyed him that game. So for me, the improvement of Pitternet allows everyone else. And I'd like to see TDK actually rest a bit more forward. And people forget Pitternet two years ago rested forward. He was a nightmare as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So when everything's right, we haven't really seen this lit, this list fully fit. There's always a niggle. Hopefully he's fine because I guarantee you now. Carlton will win a hell of a lot more matches with him than without Pernat. Yeah, fair. All right. Speaking of uh, <laughs> if he's healthy, um, Mr. Cunningham, number 28. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I've seen flashes of him. We've all seen flashes of him. There's not much more to add. I don't really know if he's on track to be playing football in round one or be available for round one, I should say. I'm just not sure. He's had one of the longest rehabilitations from an ACL tear that I remember seeing in recent times. I don't know if there's been setbacks. I think there might have been setbacks with the way that they were putting the load back on him. It's just a really important year for Dave Cunningham because I don't know what his contract situation is, Pommy, but I don't imagine he'd have too many years left on a contract and I think you made this comment I mean you've made this comment a few times but we're now at the point where a guy like a Dave Cunningham it's it's just kind of like are we going to see you or are we not because if we're not we can we can find something in the draft well I mean this is the situation now where we've got to be serious it's his last year so he'd be a restricted free agent this okay. year and depending on how many games I'd imagine that will be depends if anyone comes in for him, I suppose. Um, we're at the stage now as a football club where we can't talk about potential. We can't talk about potential. And there's no doubt Connors could have been very good for this football club. At this stage of his career, he should be on 50 games minimum. Do you know what I mean? And 
we've got all these stories about him, but not meant to be. This is one of them ones where I just think he's going to be the lucky prize, where mentally for me, he's not on the list. And I long for the day Voss goes round seven in Connors and Connors does what he did against Hawthorne that game. But it's going to be a weird one, isn't it? It's going to be a really weird kind of thing, isn't it, really? It's going to be really an interesting year because we don't know. We never really got to see what he was like after the last injury. I feel like he could be... I feel like what he was going to be before he got injured with the ACL was kind of what we're looking for Josh Honey to be. But I actually think Connors is probably more dynamic at ground level. He's, he's just a bit more, he's, he's able to hit the scoreboard more than what Josh Honey can. Um, I guess what's the spot for him? Is it is it a Zach Fisher half forward type position? Is that is that his, is that his aim? Is he a potential wingman? Forward, isn't it? Yeah. Is he a wingman? Does he have that ability? I don't know. I actually don't know anymore. Well, I mean, I think he was he was at the best, wasn't he? So yeah. just to confirm, he is a restricted free agent because he's entering his eighth year. So restricted free agents, it's not just the top 25. They changed it. I think it was about 2015 that it also is the length of contracts and the amount of it. So, But to answer your question, Terry, where is his best position? Like midfield maybe, but high half forward, I think he played his best football. But it's one of them things, isn't it, now? especially with the quality of draftees, and that's something that's not talked about enough. The quality of draftees now is probably 10 times what it was 10 years ago for the bit part players. And what I mean is the squad players. So that's what I was talking about this year. Pick 30 and pick 40 were very valuable because there is some solid squad players there now, and you can start to build these workhorses. If Connors plays two games this year or five games, why is he on the list? Because... He's going to be commanding 300, 400,000 because of his age. Pay a kid 100K. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it is that stage where if we're a serious football club now, we stop keeping players on the list because they might be good. Mm. And we just become ruthless. And there you're Sam Phillips, you're David Cunningham's. Just we'll get an 18 year old in and give them two years because it's going to be cheaper. And there's a ceiling. There's no point. We're no longer that club now where we have. We, we have an obligation to do it. Let, let's be serious. And I love, love, love Connors. But let's be honest. How many years are we going to have him in, in, in the sick note? Yeah, it's the same conversation every year. <laughs> between, and this is the thing, between him, Jack Martin, I don't know if you put Honey in the same group, but there's there's a dynamic X-Factor-ish forward midfielder hybrid there that is waiting to emerge. So I wish I wish it to be Dave Cunningham. I wish we're talking about Dave Cunningham miraculously playing 22 games this season. I really do. Um at this point mate, I'm just I'm just unsure. Mate, I I think if you have what happens every season, so March Bank and McGovern go down. Yep. Martin Cunningham's go down. Let's just say that happens again. If this is this year, if last year was this year, there's no way all of them would be on the list. There would be no way. If this time next year, we're talking about Martin's played four games, then got injured, then he played two games, total eight. And McGovern and Marchbank have played 12 games between them. Carlton have got to be ruthless because at that stage, you're going to say it's there. And like the difference is 
There's credits in the bank. So, Josh, Charlie was worth the right weight. Charlie's every game up until he got injured was elite. Was elite. Connors, two games. Mixed in with some average games where we kept saying, oh, he could be good. Charlie, there was no doubt, was going to be terrific when he was taking the piss out of the dog's back line in his second year. And he did it multiple times. This is where we've got to get ruthless. You can't just keep waiting. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? If you're in, if if you're if you're wanting to meet a boy or a girl and you're in the bar and you're just looking at them, at some point you've got to get up and say hello, right? Oh, they're not going to come to you. You've got to make the first move sometimes. Same with Carlton. So for me, love Connors potential is up here, but now we're getting at the stage where this guy should be fighting for Brownlows. Do you know what I mean? Players have won Brownlows from this season. So if he hasn't done it, why is he there? Why is he there? Mm. And that's no skin off him. He may go VFL and come back in the state system and be a good player. But I just think Carlton can't keep hanging on. We have way too many superstars. So why do we need David Cunningham if he is injured? Heaven forbid, another year. We've got so many superstars. Why do we need to keep a potential one? Yeah, fair. All right. So I forgot to ask this for all the others. Um, best 22, 23 to 30, or the rest? He's fit. If he's fit, he'd be, he'd be borderline. Like, on, he, on his day, 22 to 30, he'd be in that category. Like, if, if he was fit round one, I don't want him to play round one. I want to see five games in the VFL. See if he can back it up. Fair. Fair. I think I would say the same. Yeah. I think I'd say the same. If he was fit for round one, I'd want to see him make sure he can back it up. Mm. Yeah, I like, I just mm. want to see him. That's where I want to see him. Like, I really want to see him get them five games, show he can play week in, week out, first of all, because that's the thing with Connors. He plays two games as a nigger has four weeks off. And just just make him earn it, make because he's in a position where we have a hundred players who can play, so we don't need him round one. Wouldn't it be great if he averaged two goals a game, VFL, and suddenly came in ready, looking good? Fair. Speaking of best twenty-two, oh, what a pickup, George Hewitt, number twenty-nine. He had an elite season last year by any any standard. Really unfortunate that we weren't able to see him for the rest of the season after he, he hurt himself. He played his last game in round 18 against Geelong and we did not see him again. <sighs> Mate, this guy, he's my new... I, with, with him and Jacob, they're my favourites now. These just no-nonsense job doers. But Hewitt's like a job doer at the, at the elite standard. Like, it's not flashy, but it's the first option. It's the right option and it's hard and it's tough and he tackles and he's he doesn't he doesn't request too much attention. He doesn't really want to have any attention. He just wants to come in and play elite football and go home and be a dad. He's just I love him. I, I I love everything about him and what he stands for. Big fan. In my opinion, I, I would say if when we did that conversation, who's the most important person to Cowan? Yeah. I would say as a player, it's probably, you know, who's the best player? It's probably Walsh, Wheater in Crips. But I think if you actually look at it and you downplay ability and go, right, structure, what makes it tick? It's George Hewitt. 
And mm. it, I think that's unarguable. It's George Hewitt. The fact that Cripper polled more votes with him looked more damaging going forward because Hewitt did the heavy lifting. Correct. And he worked as that little that that little guy taking the first hard touch and then giving it off. Incredibly underrated footballer, George Hewitt. Incredibly underrated. And I did find an interview 2020 with Long um with Horse, who's just raving about him, raving mm-hmm. about him, doing the, the the things that don't go noticed, how hard he is at the ball, how he just backs it up and can repeat the same motion an incredible ability of repetition. I, I love George Hewitt. I can't speak highly enough of George. Someone who I think from the first minute I saw him play for Carlton, fell in love with him. I was like, yeah. where have you been all my life, baby? Where have you been? Yeah, yeah. And I hate to do this because I don't like doing uh, if this, but this. If he plays round 23 last year, we win the game. There's just no doubt about it. He just settles us at stoppages all the time. There's something about him, isn't there? Like, I, I mean, I've got to knock him. I, I can't think of anyone worse running into the goal square kicking because there was a few times he, against Frio, I think it was, he I did remember. it, ran total clear and blazed it out of bounds on the full. But aside from that, for me, he's, he, I, I'm with you. He, he's, he's, I think if he played all them games last year, Carlton would have pissed in the finals. He, he's got that confidence when it was hard that Hawks game is a great example Carlton's midfield was being overrun and he was just like calm under chaos there's players going everywhere and Hewitt's just like all right who wants it there's no rushing him he he looks like the kind of guy that just doesn't care do you know I mean pressure doesn't happen he just embraces it and I love that moment against the Hawks when they came back and he's kind of smiling at the centre bounce he's got like a sick Joker style smile, like you could see some of the Carlton guys were like, "Oh shit!" And Hewitt's like, "This is brilliant. I love this." <laughs> I really, I really don't expect much more of him than what we got last year. If we get that last year, whatever we got that level, go for it. He's one of very few players that I think I might say that about. It's like just go be you, go go be George Hewitt because it's there's a real high level of trust. You know, he's. He's got a really nice equilibrium to him in his in the difference between his best games and his worst games. Like his worst games are really not that bad at all. The, there's something about him. It was the, I remember it was the port game as well where there was them fisticuffs. And yeah. like it pans to him and he's like there kind of with a little grin on his face. Like I reckon George Hewitt, if he wasn't a professional footballer, might have been a psychopath. Yeah. He might have been one of them people. He's he's got that like Dexter vibe about him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the lovable serial killer? He's ruthless. Yeah. You know what he is? He's ruthless at doing the basics, and that's why we like him. He, Correct. He isn't going to win us a game by beating eight players and kicking a 50-yard goal. But you know what he does? He kills you with consistency, and he's just monotonous with the basics. And Jesus, if we had him 10 years ago, we might have won a flag. Correct. Well, I think with him, we know the back is an issue for him. It's something that's been... It's it's something he's dealt with in his career, so maybe they do something a little different with him and and rest him in round eight, and then round I don't know sixteen. It, it, maybe we need to change up the way we manage his season because um, we ultimately he's a finals type player, a guy you want in the last you know eight weeks of the season. So yeah. 
Well, I mean, he was one of them players, if you watch Sydney, they rested him quite a lot at the back, in the half-back line, which is interesting because when Walsh is there, there is probably going to be needing a midfielder to drop out for Doc to get their midfield minutes. So I wonder if Foster's got a mind on that. You look at his history, he played a lot of games repeatedly for Sydney. A lot of people talk about that injury year, which was a freak injury in 2020. Other than that, though, he never missed a game for Sydney. I think he missed two games in six years. And what they did is they rotated him off the halfback in parts of the game or, in some cases, the full game and gave him the rest from the physicality. So if Doc, he's going to go on the ball, suddenly, there it is, isn't it? That There's that rotation. Maybe Voss is smarter than we think. He knows how to get Hewitt through the whole year. It's true. Okay. Charlie, go on, mate. <laughs> this is an easy one, it best player in the league. What more you don't need a preview or a review. You are looking at the benchmark, all the other melts in the AFL after to aspire to. But seriously, what a year last year. Do you know what I mean? We 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 made we made a bold call this time last year that he'd you win made a bold Coleman. call. <laughs> win the Coleman. A lot of you laughed at me. Some of you put money on it, though. But Mate, honestly, you are looking at the best player. The 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 best player. For me, Calton's secret is this man here. And I think you're looking at a footballer that can combat Jeremy Cameron for the best forward in the league. I know the media love Cameron. I think Charlie, I think Charlie's got the potential to be better. Honestly, better. I think he's got things that Cameron doesn't have. And he's got time on his side. And what a return. So when we talked about Zach Williams at the start, people were saying Charlie was cooked and done. People said that about Doc. You know what? Carlton have an uncanny knack of you have an ACL, you come back a better player. So Zach Williams is at the best football club in the world because about half of our list has been told to retire and are still there and still playing. And yeah. Charlie, what a comeback story. And for me, him and Harry Mackay, that is the scariest forward line. No defender wants to play that. And Charlie's better, but Harry's not so bad either. Yeah. that We must not take for granted how we were thinking this time last year or even the year before. Like it got to the point where you didn't bring up Charlie's name because it was just like, don't want to talk about it. Ugh, we don't know. I think it was six or seven setbacks in a row, whatever the case was. Um, I think it just goes to show what can be, what what is possible. And that really, I mean, Charlie was, <laughs> there's only one person who thought Charlie would do what he did last year. It literally was you 12 months ago, maybe on this day when we we're doing the previews. I remember, I remember you saying it. I remember you saying, yeah, he'll kick 60 odd goals or 70 odd goals. He'll win the Coleman. And I remember sitting here thinking, all right, well, we've gotten a little carried away tonight here, Pom. <laughs> <laughs> but fair enough time. yeah and the thing about him is he just turned 25 so let's start there just turned 25 and he did he did the fan Q&A the other day and I think I think for the and then he did a little a little spot interview with Carlton Media about you know the preseason and, and all of that I think for the first time of watching Charlie and listening to him speak and, and all of that I started noticing a little shift in the maturity, just in the way he speaks. And then you look at the list, you know, the reality is like the club is led now by 
that 2015 draft and Cripps and Doherty. And maybe if you want to throw Ed Kerno in for a, you know, depth locker room guy kind of thing, the senior heads. But really it's it's Weedering, it's Mackay, it's Kerno, it's these guys with Cripps and Doc and, you know, Walsh is obviously a young leader as well. And Charlie's now got some responsibility and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, for a clean run of health for the rest of his career. Like, he's going to improve. He will. He will improve. I've had the privilege of speaking with Charlie a few times in my life, and each time I've acted like a complete wet white. But, <laughs> I, <laughs> but, but, but I do appreciate him trying to speak with me. Um, God bless him. Uh, he did answer my question the other day, so that made my that's made my year. So really, we're already winning. But one thing that impressed me about Charlie this year, particularly speaking to him, is his self reflection. He's yeah. unfortunately the sands of time have aged him and weathered him and he's grown up and we I, I had this moment with him where I had a beer and I was chatting to him about the Richmond game and he had a really poor game by his standards he had a load of opportunities positionally he was woeful he got battered and I remember him saying to me he throughout the game he kept thinking if I lean back in and engage early I can beat these guys for foot speed they can't keep up with me but he kept saying he got lost in the moment and he kept allowing them to lead him to the ball and he said he told me that when he got off the field, he was so angry. He watched the tape. He hated himself. And he said to me, we played Fremantle that week. And he says, this week, I'm going to go up against their best guy. And I'm going to engage contacts. And I'm going to make them follow me. And he absolutely tore Freo apart. It was like four goals, six or something. He, and I had a smile to my face because I was like, he told me he was going to do that. And I remember doing the watch along and seeing him do it. Every time the ball came in, he nudges them. And then he takes off. And I'm like, yes, he's learned. And that is very dangerous. He's starting to believe he's good. Yeah. Before, he was good. Now he's starting to believe, I'm good, but there's more to me. There's yeah. more to me. And everyone I've spoken to, especially Dom last year, Charlie's got that leadership. He pulls them over to one side, tells them how he beats them, tells them what makes it hard, how to beat them, and also talks about the privilege of playing football because he's nearly had it taken away three times. So... For me, what a human being. I, I can't love a person outside of my family more than I love Charlie. He makes me happy and I, I love him. Yeah. Wait, so how many goals this season? 88. I'm gonna doubt you. I'm not gonna doubt you this year. <laughs> He's, he's gone back to back, though. I can let you know. Charlie back back. Charlie will win it the second time, and then we can say Jeremy Cameron who. <laughs> very good what about you guys in the audience I'm cu curious to see how many goals for Charlie let us know in the comments you know what here? as well spoiler Charlie Kerner will kick the goal after a siren to give Carlton their first finals win since 13 it's going to be Charlie for sure it was it, well, it like was St Kilda goal do you remember the St Kilda goal the off one step 65 one step. meters yeah I do remember. All right, who we got here? Uh, Gavin says 150, Wildy 74, 95 from Arthur, 8,200. Ah, we're pushing. We're getting close to 100. Jesus, we... 150. I'll lose my voice singing the song Goodness. 150 times. Well, he'd need to average how many goals a game to get to 150. Is that? It's a lot. <laughs> what? What is it? It's like four-point summit? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Let's, let's do 
It's six. Six, six goals again. Okay. He's got a bag oh, of 10 he, in him. What a day, though. What, what a day. <laughs> what a watch-along. <laughs> I hope he does. Right. Yeah. I won't, won't be anyone happier than me if I have to sing that song 150 times. I love it. So what we're going to do is, ladies and gents, the show is over. We're going to play the game, higher or lower. We're going to play the game, and we're going to try and beat our score. So for those of you that weren't here last week, wow, you're in for a treat. Um, where are we? I think this is the one. And then we want to do, we want to share our screen. This game is super hard as well. Just yeah. you know, it's actually fun. I'm a big fan. Big fan. I might be a stat nerd, but historical stats, unless I've looked them up, I'm not your guy. <laughs> unless I've needed them for something, it's not something that registers in my brain. All right. I've just got to play around with something here in the back end. So basically, this uh, a gentleman named Gareth emailed me a few weeks ago, and he, he's created this game. It's basically higher or lower. You're going to have two footballers that have played in the AFL at some point through history, some many, many years ago and some recent. And basically, you've just got to keep going until you get it wrong. We're going to play this every week for the next little bit. Um, and we're, we're going to stop when we get it wrong. So last week... We had uh, we had ten. I do have the, the URL for the game. No, I oh, I do, but I don't want to give it to you because then you can cheat. So if you want if you want to play on your own, uh, DM me on Instagram and I'll I'll send it to you. But Jesus, we're gonna try Drew and... Petrie. I even forgot he existed. But what knows on Drew? I know. Let's begin. So who kicked more goals, Drew Petrie or Bill Moore? I've got no idea. This could be over See, before we even start. It's a trick one, isn't it? Because like with it being olden days where they used to score like a hundred goals to two, uh -huh. like it froze. I'm gonna go Drew. This could be over. That's a good start. I should have gone with the gut. I, I talked myself out of it. Should have gone with the old guy. <sighs> No, we're going to play again. We're going to play we'll again. We'll play we again. We can't fail on the first. We, yeah. Okay. This is Bradshaw, right? This isn't a trick question. Uh, dull. Do you know what I mean? Coming off half back. Do you know what I mean? Backlide. But then again, it is the old days, isn't it? Where everyone kicked 10 goals. Like, so, do you know what I mean? Um, Danny Bradshaw, what? 14-year career. It's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be Bradshaw. It's be. Oh, if he hasn't kicked more than a defender, he needs to okay. retire. Right. There you are. Great. Okay, we're off. We're off. Okay, Bradshaw or Sticks? Sticks. This is easy, right? Sticks. sticks. Still Sticks, right? What a lid on Waterhouse, though. Yeah, what the fuck is going on there? It's, it's got to be Sticks. It's Sticks, all right. Yeah, oh, easy. Yeah. 386, though, is a tough one, but got to be Rick, Richo. Richo, I'm pretty sure Richo kicked 800. It, he he can't be yeah. a commentator if he if he lost to Waterhouse. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents, need your help. Lindsay White or Richo? I'm pretty sure this is still Richo, right? Got to be Richo. Nine year career. Nine year career versus what? Sixteen year career. He's got to have won that. True. All right, I'm going in with Richo. You watch Lindsay two thousand eight. It wasn't too bad. Five forty goals in nine seasons. Um, oof. Bill Billy Brownless or Lindsay? This is interesting. I need some help. I've got no clue. 
11 years versus nine just always throws you there. But oh, that's a lot 40, of goals. That's a lot of goals, isn't it? It's like, that's nearly what 50 a year. Oof. Need some uh, help. I, 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 I'm going to go with the theory that we went with last time and actually back it. It's got to be the old guy versus the modern day footballer. Oh. Has to. Because that's, that's what throws you. Them old guys, they throw you because they get it. Oh. Thomas saying Billy Brown has kicked 600. I think that's a lie. Oh, yeah, well love it. Wait for it. There we, you, you tried. <laughs> This would be G-Train, surely, right? Yeah, surely G-Train. Surely. I'm pretty sure he's kicked 100 goals in a season. You've also got to remember as well that it, what could throw his ear is St. Kilda do big up any player. So he might That's have kicked true. 10. But oh, no, speaking of St. Kilda. G-Train, surely. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address this. Speaking of St. Kilda, the state of Jake from Saints TV getting his little viewers by making fun of Carlton. It's not on. It's not on. And I'm not going to reply to your TikTok. Um, so those of you watching at home, just stand by because karma is a dish best served after a win. So I look forward I, to I wanted to fans. know when this rivalry with St. Kilda happened. Well, there is no rivalry, but, you know, people need Carlton to be relevant. So, yeah. They are. Okay. This is tough. Five, four, nines. that sweet spot. Okay. This. I'm pretty sure it is Gordon Coventry. It's Coventry, right? Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, I know he kicked an awful lot. Easy. This would also be Coventry, right? Yeah, I don't think Brown's yeah. had a thousand. Yeah. All right. Great. Okay. Oh, we're kicking ass here. So this is to tie our high score from last week. This will be Kerry, surely. It's what's he called? It's it, yeah, he played in the sweet era, Carey, didn't he? As well, back end kicked a lot of snags. There we go. Yeah, all right. Oh, here we are. Look, we're getting here we go. Here we go. This would also be Carey, I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have a new record. Let's go. Oh, surely Lee Matthews. I know he was a thug and he was tough, but he, he liked to go as well. I've seen a he few did. clips of him kicking snags. I'm just going to get some confirmation from the chat. Chat, are we happy with Matthews? Are we locking in? Are we locking in Matthews? Uh, I'll give it 10 more seconds. It's a long career as well. Yeah. So what's that? 17 years. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. Love it. Yeah. Oh, oh this is still the Lee Matthews, right? That's a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of goals. It's good when it's like a 900. Ooh. Oh. oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? I still think Fev kicked more than 500 goals. I st- well, he, he, did a, he, did, he did, what, 99 in one year, so that yeah. is a big chunk of 500. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay, great. Terrific. Jesus, he just beat him. Look at us. Ooh. Scott Lucas, what a name. Two first names. You can never trust it. <laughs> um, surely Fev. Scott Lucas. <sighs> surely. I know he's had a decent length career, but surely Fev. Surely. All right. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Are we killing this? We are killing this. This is great. Dermy. 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
Oh! <laughs> I am shocked by that. Wow. JJ, back me as well, straight away. Look, everyone's backing us. Devastated. I mean, whatever. We got better, but still. That's my fault. I, I shouldn't have got so excited. And then they got Papley just to rub it in. I mean, I mean Scott Lucas, you know what I mean? I mean, the, the shit version, the shit half of the Twin Towers, the Essendon dubbed them. Wasn't he? I mean, I mean, Jesus, that's unbelievable. It's come back to haunt us. Anyway. Oh, that's a new record. That was. Thanks to those of you that played along. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to do that again next week. We've got a big-ass score to um, to beat. That's 15. So we'll have some fun with that. Gareth, thank you very much for sending that through. That's got that's got us entertained a little bit more. Um, guys, open training on Friday, I believe. 9 a.m., gates are open. Register on the Carlton website. Do what you've got to do. I will uh, – yeah, I should be there. I should be there. We'll get a training report out. Um, and then – we inch closer. Pommy, you're going to be at the Carlton Collingwood practice match from... Mate, all booked off, ready, re- re- ready to do some stats and stuff from that day as well. And cool. and yeah, hopefully, it's going to be fun as well, because the last time we played Collingwood were Twitter won't be in a meltdown. Yeah. Also, yeah, I won't be there, Carlton Collingwood, unfortunately. One of my best friends is getting married on the Friday, so I'll uh, have to tune in afterwards. What a ridiculous time to get married. He is a Carlton supporter as well, and at least it wasn't throughout the season, but it's just one of those things. What do you do? You know, he's a good friend. He surely has to move that a day forward. His missus will understand. We need need someone to do the fan cams. We'll have to chat about that because it won't be me. (laughs) I don't mind doing it. I'll go. I'll go. Do a do a match report and uh, come back and say what did you think of winning All by right. 100 goals? Wow, stepping in the chair for the fan cams, mate, big big time. Yeah, someone's just got to be very emotive. But you're lucky; it's a preseason game, so there's not much pressure on you <laughs> it's to true. replicate me. <laughs> it's true. All right, ladies and gents, have a great evening. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Thirty-eight days left. Pommy, see you next week, mate. See you, mate.